This is the Groupfinity Podcast, episode number 26. Welcome to the Groupfinity Show, a podcast for leaders of volunteer organizations. We take the guesswork out of what works so you can focus on your mission, accomplish more, and get rid of administrative madness. And now, your host, who knows you are the 20% who does 80% of the work, Anthony Wilson. Welcome to the Groupfinity Podcast, no matter where you are and whenever you may be listening. Welcome back, Groupfinity Nation. Today, I'm speaking with Vicki Burkhart. Vicki started the More Than Giving Company to support nonprofits with virtual assistance so they can gain efficiency and get back to focusing on their mission. The More Than Giving Company is different because it only hires VAs with nonprofit experience. Their VAs typically have three to five years of experience working as a VA, and then the company puts them through a certification program. According to Vicki, most clients say they are just too busy with the day-to-day task, buried in the weeds, and unable to get to the things that only they can really do. Leaving some of this work to volunteers can result in some things falling through the cracks. Hence, a VA can really help. The key takeaways from my discussion with Vicki are, number one, four major obstacles to nonprofit success, lack of a plan, wrong board makeup, fundraising capacity, and a lack of action. Number two, once you hire a VA, you will start to see some time come back into your day. Number three, volunteer boards are finding they're spending way too much time doing the detail work and not enough time cultivating donors. And number four, there's a direct correlation between time spent on the stuff you need to do versus the minutia. Check out groupfinity.com for the show notes and links for this episode. Be sure to stick around to the end to hear how affordable it is to hire a VA. You may be surprised. I'll be back at the end to wrap it up. Here's Vicki. So I'm excited to have Vicki join me today. Hi, Vicki. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Anthony? I'm great. Hey, thanks so much. I'm glad that you're here. You have an interesting topic for us to cover today. So for many of us, there are just not enough hours in the day, and that's where you come in. You've created a solution for that. Your company, the More Than Giving Company, provides virtual assistance to nonprofits to help them uh, with their back office needs. So tell us what virtual assistants do and how the More Than Giving Company helps nonprofits. Well, let me just give you a little bit of background. So I've been in the business for about 35 years, Anthony. And during that time, I think I've witnessed what I consider to be four major major obstacles to the success of nonprofits. The first is the lack of a plan. And that's whether it's strategic or just knowing, you know, what you're doing over the next six months. I think most nonprofits need a plan. And if you don't know where you're going, it's going to be very hard to get there. The second thing that I've, I've noticed is that many organizations don't have the right board. And I use the term right board because many of them have strong boards. They've got volunteers who are very committed to the mission, but perhaps not the right individuals for that time in the life of the nonprofit. The third obstacle was in capacity. And and I think all nonprofits would agree fundraising, having the right infrastructure, governance structure is very important. And anytime you can build out capacity, it certainly helps with the growth and development of the nonprofit. And then finally, what I have found, Anthony, over 35 years is that a general lack of adequate admin or project management support is really, I think, killing a lot of our nonprofits. The abilities to stay current, active, 
organized, to effectively capture and maintain constituent data, keep tasks on target, make sure action items are completed. This is where the nonprofit virtual assistant was actually born and created. What we do is we hire seasoned virtual assistants who have typically three to five years of experience as virtual assistants. In other words, they're not just working remotely. They've made the decision to be remote workers so they can accommodate all types of work from home. Once selected, these VAs are then put through a certification program that that includes 10 modules of nonprofit-specific training, from strategic planning to board development to meeting management to constituent relations, database, etc. After that, we test for proficiency in software applications and platforms that are typically used by nonprofits so that our VAs, our MPVAs are ready to hit the ground running when they are paired with a nonprofit client. And that pairing does not happen until certification is complete. We now have a number of clients that have successfully onboarded MPVAs. We are located throughout the country. And I'm happy to say that I think we're really beginning to hit that gap of service that is is really needed. That's nice. I know that resonates with a lot of people. None of us have enough time in the day to no. accomplish everything on, on our to-do list. And so I'm certainly, I've certainly heard of VAs. I've never used one myself. But oftentimes, I see that there are people that are hired overseas. And I wonder if you'd speak to that. Are your VAs overseas? Are they here in the U.S.? How does that work? They are here in the United States. We only hire from the United States. And most of these are background checked. They're all college graduates. So Mm -hmm. we've got a pretty high threshold for the folks that we bring into the program. I'm happy to say that in the entire core of nonprofit virtual assistants, I've had the opportunity to meet with them, work with them. They're great professionals. Nice, nice. And so what are the duties that most nonprofits are looking for a VA to accomplish? Because I assume that the reason they go the VA route is because they want someone, as you said, that's that's proficient, that's good, that has some training, but they would be more cost effective than hiring a full-time employee. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes. And I think it's the cost-effective piece that makes the MPVA program really attractive to a lot of nonprofits. We typically get uh, clients who are just too busy to get to the day-to-day tasks. They have a hard time. In many cases, our executive directors will tell you that they are buried in the weeds and unable to get to the things that only they can really do. They've got great boards, but no one who is willing to work in the operations of the organization. So they find that relying totally on volunteers typically ends up with a lot of the work coming back to their plates. There's always a need for fundraising support. I hear this all the time. And now that we have seen more virtual fundraisers, that need for support has actually increased. Data, donor records, constituent records, making sure that donations are quickly and appropriately acknowledged, keeping tracks of that, setting up systems and process documents is certainly something that we get a request for all the time. I think really the general organization and back office of any nonprofit can be well run and efficiently, I think, by an MPVA. 
Nice. And so you said that most of your VAs are seasoned virtual assistants. So have they been virtual assistants somewhere else or are they freelance and they come to you for a more structured environment? How does that work? I think that the VAs themselves run the gamut. So we've got some who have their own VA companies. So they are actually working out in the country doing their own virtual assistant work. We have some who have moved from full-time work internally to, to working from home and have been doing that for three to five years before they come on board with us. What I hear mostly from the MPVAs is they're looking for a nonprofit experience. So we only hire virtual assistants who have had some experience in nonprofits. And when I talk to these applicants, what I find is there are certain applicants that are really looking for that passion, that volunteer-driven nonprofit experience versus what they might find in a corporate environment. So we have a tendency to attract people that are really passion-driven, purpose-driven, mission-driven. And I think that accentuates and actually enhances the relationship that they have with the nonprofits that they're serving. And do your VAs usually, are they usually exclusive to one client or do they work across several clients? They typically work across several clients depending upon the needs of the client and how large that client's contract is. So you can contract for buckets of hours with us or you can customize a contract depending on what your needs are. So in some cases, it makes sense for the MPVAs to have more than one client. In some cases, one or two clients will fill their plate. We try to align interests proficiencies, talents, and skills with the clients and the VA. So if I have a VA, for instance, who is an exceptional writer, and I've got a client who has a need for a lot of text written in this position, we try to match them that way. But I would say across the board, our VAs are pretty interchangeable. Now, a lot of the nonprofit leaders that I speak with tend to have a lot of issues around finance, accounting, and fundraising. And you certainly mentioned fundraising as one of the things that people need help with. What about back office accounting? Do you find that to be a big need? There, there are a lot of people who ask us whether we provide bookkeeping, and we certainly do. Our nonprofit virtual assistants can handle QuickBooks and basic, certainly, spreadsheet accounting. We do recommend that when you start to get to taxes and other things that you're working directly with an accountant. But certainly for frontline bookkeeping, making sure that accounts payables are pre- prepared and ready to be out, making sure that receipts are recorded. I was just working with an MPVA myself on making sure that our debit card records are are kept in place because all of that is necessary for the accountant when it comes to taxes, etc. Yeah, I think we do play a big role in finances and especially with keeping track of multi-year pledges, making sure that corporate pledges are getting their invoices by their renewal dates, keeping up with all of that sort of record-keeping and basic finance backup, I think MPVAs do a nice job. So maybe not so much the the functions that a traditional accountant or CPA would do, but that in-between, kind of helping you keep the records, prepare spreadsheets, 
uh, making sure things are, are stored and yeah. and the receipts are there and everything is in order. You've heard accountants, and in, in fact, right now is the time to hear all these stories where people say they came in with a box of receipts and I didn't know what to do with it. You don't have that. We've got all of that electronically monitored, kept. Everything is scanned on so that it makes the transition from organization to accountant to taxes quite smooth. <clears throat> So when people come to you, what's the biggest pain point that you hear? What what are people looking for help with the most? In most cases, they will come to us and say, I don't know where to tell you to start. So <laughs> things have gotten so out of hand that they are already in a chaotic state. So I would say in most cases, they are looking for a professional to come in and start to take things off of their plate and begin to organize their day. And what I often describe is once you have an MPVA, you will start to see the time come back in your day because the those pieces will begin to routinely move from your plate to her plate and be done much more efficiently and effectively. That's what I hear the most of. We're just, I am just at the end of my rope. In fact, we had someone call yesterday that says, I need an MPVA today. Today, I've had it. And I think that's what it is. I think professionals are finding, and even volunteer boards are finding, they're spending way too much time doing the detail work and not enough time cultivating donors, bringing on board members, doing the program development that they need to do. And it gets frustrating because you just can't seem to find an organized way to get out of the weeds. So earlier, Vicki, you talked about volunteer boards wanting to bring on people t- to help. And you talked about in the opening about the board not having capacity. And so is and so is that where you find the volunteer board says, hey, we have all these projects and we can't get to them. And let's talk specifically about volunteer organizations, right, where people aren't necessarily working for the organization full time. But you have a board of professionals in whatever field they work in. You could have attorneys, you could have physicians, executives at at companies, highly functioning people who do something else all day, but they're volunteering for this organization and they don't want to do all these tasks because they don't either, either they have to do them in their day job or maybe they figured out a way to offlay those to someone else in their day job. Right. It seems to me that would be a perfect opportunity to introduce a virtual assistant. So, Vicki, what are your customers most surprised about when they come to you looking for solutions and you, and you send your virtual assistants? Or what did, you, what did they say in terms of, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I never thought they would do. I think the, the, the first thing we typically hear is. I don't know how I have survived this long without one. That seems to be the tenor. And then I think that they are thrilled with the depth of knowledge that the MPVAs have on basic nonprofit governance. So you don't necessarily need to teach them how to maintain a board, what kinds of committee activities should be happening. In many cases, what I will hear our clients say is, I didn't realize that the MPVAs PVA would be as proactive as she is in helping to guide the activities of the organization. And I think that 
our MPVAs balance that line of they're there for support, but they also have a lot of knowledge and I think a lot of experience that can be very helpful to nonprofits. And being able to become part of that dialogue has enabled MPVAs to be much more effective in advancing the organization itself. Now, have you seen any differences with the roles of VAs now since the pandemic hit us? Are you finding that organizations are more open to having VAs or or less open to having VAs? I think some of it still comes down to costs. And nonprofit organizations are always extremely cost-focused and budget-focused. And I think in some cases to the point of really starving themselves in the ability to build out the organizations. Some of that has changed in the pandemic because they've had no choice but to start working remotely. They don't necessarily need a full-time employee coming into the office. And I think the MPVA has provided the flexibility and certainly the cost savings that has been helpful for nonprofits. I think some of that's going to continue because now that they've gotten a taste of how effective nonprofit virtual assistance can be, there really is no need in some cases to go back to that traditional style of support. I'm so glad you went there, Vicki, because one thing I wanted to ask you about was this budget thing. Like I find so many organizations, they resist spending money on tools, apps, solutions, people due to cost. But I think that they miss something here, right? They miss the time save. If I could just offlay this to someone else and it cost me a little bit of money, I would, I might be, you know, freed up to go raise more money. Well, there's a direct correlation between having the time to do the things that you need to do versus doing all of the little minutiae in the organization. I have seen organizations circling the drain because they've, they've refused to make the allowances to hire on the support or, to your point, the software or the applications they need to make the job easier so that volunteer board members and even some of the staff members can be much more focused on higher level fundraising and program development, which is really where I think people want to be. I can give you example after example of those organizations that finally got to the point of hiring help and where they are now compared to where they were before they actually bit the bullet and decided to bring on some staffing. In fact, I will tell you, honestly, even some of the nonprofit credentialing organizations like GuideStar and Charity Navigator are starting to point out to their nonprofits that they realize that there needs to be money spent on project management, administration, infrastructure in order for them to adequately meet their missions and secure in some kind of sustainable fashion the future of these organizations. So we're actually getting the blessing of the organizations that are calibrating our nonprofits to to spend a little bit to get further. And I think that's really what it is. Yeah, I think so too often people are penny wise, pound foolish, and they miss the, the bigger picture. Good way to put it. Very good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, have, do, you, 
Do you have any success stories from some of your clients that you could share with us? I have one in particular. It's a camp, a summer camp. And during the pandemic, things went really haywire with this group, but they were moving very quickly into remote work and the executive director resigned overnight. So you had a new executive director that the old was no longer available, two people going out on maternity leave and and an executive director that was just learning the ropes, etc. And you want to talk about a panic call? That was a panic call. We aligned her with an MPVA who very quickly expanded the MPVA's contract to give her adequate hours. And I will tell you, they are ready to launch camp this summer. Things are put together. She's got some new people coming on board. And her testimonial basically says that she would not have been able to do it without the help of an MPVA who filled the gaps, not only of an administrative project manager, but also of some full-time staff members who this executive director did not have at the time. That was a pretty good success story. Oh, no, that's a great story. So in that case, was that an executive director who was resistant at first? Or when they came to you, were they all in? I need this. She just didn't know where else to go. And I think so many times people come to us basically because they Google VA or nonprofit VA and we come up. She didn't know anything about our service. It was the first call she made and we were a success story for her because we could start immediately. There was no hiring. You didn't have to write a position description. You didn't have to publicize it. You didn't have to interview. We could bring her a group of candidates, let her choose, get somebody that fit her needs. Needs. And in two days, she was up and running. And I think that's where the success was for this particular client. And we get a lot of those scenarios. Oh, nice, nice. Hey, this has been great. I just have a couple more questions for you. Vicki, how much should I expect to pay for a VA? It goes anywhere from $500 a month, really $450 a month through, you know, $2,000 a month, $2,500 a month, depending upon the level of service you want. I think the key thing is that you can get started for, for a minimal investment. And since we do not make people sign up for any length of time, et cetera, I always say it's worth a try. So, Vicki, you're so passionate about this. What led you into this? Why did you start this? Well, I think that the MPVA program, Anthony, is is my legacy to the nonprofit sector. I think after almost 40 years of working in the nonprofit world, serving as an executive director in one organization or another concurrently, um, and still serving as an executive director today, I think I was looking at a way to really impact the industry. And I'm hoping that the MPVAs will catch on, that nonprofits will see it as a viable alternative that will help them grow to a sustainable level. So to me, it's, it's, it's what I'm leaving the industry that has been so good to me over all these years. Nice. So how can people find you? If this resonates with, with the listeners and they're like, yeah, I'm all in on nonprofit virtual assistance, Vicki, how can they find you? Absolutely. Um, We can be found at our website, which is www.morethangiving.co. There is a 
a space in the nonprofit virtual assistant dropdown where you can get all the information you need. There's also an opportunity for a complimentary call. So I encourage anybody who is looking for some solutions, especially in time and support, uh, to take an opportunity to, to have a complimentary call. I'm happy to address pain points and try to steer people in the right direction. Nice. Awesome. Um, so, hey, Vicki, this was great. I'm so glad that you, um, you know, took time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it as well, Anthony. Thank you. I'm so grateful to Vicki for sharing her great insights with us and how VAs work and how they help out organizations. Maybe this gave some of you an idea of how a VA can help you. I think all too often we think about how much something costs, but ignore how much it can save us. Check out her website at www.morethangiving.co. I included links to her website and resources in the show notes of this episode. To make sure you don't miss out on anything, go over to groupfinity.com and join the community by clicking subscribe. Also, go wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show, and please be sure to leave a rating and a review. Till the next episode, this is Anthony Wilson. Stay safe and be the leader that everyone wants to follow. Thanks for listening to the Groupfinity Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the host, head over to www.groupfinity.com.